Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. You should raise a glass because we are on the winning side. It's nothing. Assuming that you are in the state of grace and not in mortal sin. And not driving. And not driving. Yeah. You can raise a glass. There's a lot of, of like assumptions of being made here. Something. But if you are in the state of, uh, if you are in uh, mortal sin then you should just like go to confession quickly. Just stop what you're doing right now and, and just go. Go. go to confession. Because that's way better than whatever else you are doing. Especially listening to us. Yeah. You so, should go to confession and then come back. Yeah, and, and then raise a glass with us. We'll save this episode for you. Because then you would be on the winning side. Right. I'm Adam Minahan here with David Niles. Juan on the buttons. Jim on the door duty, making sure that no one is breaking in. We're like the we're like the Knights of Columbus over here. You know, they like have somebody guard the door and stuff. Oh yeah. Okay, I was wondering where you're going with that. There's a lot. It's like I'm not passing out tootsie rolls or making pancakes right now, so I'm not really sure. Um, you know what? But either of those sound pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Hey. We just uh, got back from the camp out from last week. Uh, well, we totally, got back last totally weekend, awesome. but it was such a great camp out. The weather was perfect. Um, all of the activities that we like had scheduled went. The throwing really axes, well. big hit. Big hit. I mean, I got to tell you that um, they said it couldn't be done. They said that Father Cosgrove and I couldn't win the cornhole tournament, but. But yet here we are. I we think they have, said that because they thought that you guys were going to play me. No, no, they. I was just like they couldn't couldn't figure out. I will. I will also have it be said. And I just we dominated. That I we won did. every single game that I played the entire weekend. Yeah, you beat me in chess. I beat. I think I won like seven or eight games of chess. Yeah, you beat me in chess, and I was up on you. Yeah, which was tough. Mm-hmm. That was a tough pill to swallow because I was feeling pretty confident, and then all of a sudden, yeah, there was a moment there where I. I felt bad. Yeah, you you weren't. But then it. But tides turned. It turned. Yeah, they did quickly. Um, the the daggum fork. You get a guy in a fork. I know, man. It changes the game. Those the the knights. Those knights. They're they tricky. don't they don't move in a linear. They're not linear, and so like it's hard. To, you don't force. You don't see them coming sometimes, and they jump over people. Just when you think they're in the east, they're in the west. Right. It's frustrating. Uh, so we are going to drink a little bit of Johnny Walker 18. We're going to do a blended whiskey. We haven't done a blended whiskey in a long time. Dude, think about this. I thought about this this week. This century is almost old enough to drink. Here in like two months, the 21st century will be of drinking age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Isn't that, wild? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I've actually thought about that too before. That, that is, is so weird. Like... When uh, I was talking to somebody and like, oh well, yeah, they were working with college kids and like, well, yeah, but they were they weren't even they were born in this century and I was like, what? <laughs> They're in college? When did that happen? They were born in two thousand. And then I was like, what? What year is it? Yeah, <laughs> they'd 
be like 20 years old. <laughs> you know? I like blinked all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're drinking the Johnny, Johnny Walker 18 year. It's uh, in commemoration. I think they brought it out for their 200 year anniversary of their distillery. Mm. And it's going to be interesting because this 18 year is up to 18 different distilleries. Yeah, that's what it says. Do they not know? It says up to 18 unique scotch whiskeys blended to create well, a whiskey. I think they know. It's just, it just depends on like maybe what barrel. Like it, I don't know. Um, but the, like the fact that they would say up to 18 instead of. But they're all 18 year whiskeys that they're blended together. So that, you know, makes me think that it's going to be a complex whiskey just because if you're like, th- think about how, how hard it would be to blend 18 different whiskeys together and it still tastes good. I agree. I mean, that would be, that is a craft. I mean, that would be very, very difficult to do in my opinion. I, I mean, I have not played the game of uh, blending whiskeys myself because I've read online, everybody just says, don't do it. You're going to ruin all the whiskeys, right? Like, you're just yeah. going to ruin the whiskeys that you have. Yeah. So don't do that. Um, right. And so I've, there is a, oh, I'm sorry. One, there is something that like I've heard people do where they take, you know, uh, they'll take a decanter, mm-hmm. and when there's like a third of it left, they that's when they add a new bottle to it, and so they always keep it going, you know, and... That's interesting. Yeah, it's not what I would do. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do that, but, uh, you know... Let's try it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers, Juan. Cheers, Jim. So the tasting this notes... This is like the, the sign of peace that I, nobody gets to do anymore. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I do love the presentation. I'm a sucker for presentations of bottle. Like, yeah, uh, that's why I like seven. I think that's why one of the reasons why I like 1792 bourbon is the bottle is very aesthetically pleasing. It looks nice. It's very it's round. I, I, I like it. Um, and this bottle is just really heavy. If you felt like it is a heavy bottle, it's a heavy, yeah, you're it's, right. It's thick glass. But okay, so the and it comes in this nice wow presentation of a box. It's um, you can see it goes in there. So. Uh, the mm. the color it says it's deep amber. The I palette get very little on the nose. Okay. Oh, uh, the nose says it's uh, rich, sweet fruit aromas with toffee, caramel, okay. vanilla, and a hint of smoke. I was gonna say butterscotch, but it's probably the toffee. Okay. The palette it says it's warming and sweet with dark fruit, multi cereal, smooth creamy vanilla, fragrant almonds and tangerines, and a gentle smoke developing. The finish, it says it's lingering with a dark chocolate, caramelized citrus peel, and very light smoke. Mm, that is good. I would hope that it is. Okay, so this bottle... That is... Wow, That you're going to like that. The the bottle is... I, I believe it's 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 running about the 100 to $115, $120 range, I, okay. if I remember correctly. I bought this a while back ago, so I, I can't really recall, but I remember it was at least a bill. So this is just my own opinion, so it's not really worth that much, but... I think there are certain levels of whiskey. There's like whiskey you can get around the $30 bottle range. Then it kind of jumps up to the 60 range. Mm-hmm. There are, there of course, st- there's stuff in between, but I'm just speaking like in general. Mm-hmm. Then you, there's a lot you can get for around 60 bucks. And then kind of the next level is the $100, $100 range. You know, there's not a whole lot that sells for $90 or $80. You kind of go from like 60, 60 to 70 and there's a jump mm-hmm. to a hundred, where there's now all of a sudden there's a lot for sale at a hundred. It it can be tough, like to spend a hundred dollars on a bottle of on a bottle of whiskey. Christmas is coming up, you know, like that's maybe why I would do it if I was going to give a gift. 
you know, like for your dad or someone who's or like, like your best friend like who does really a podcast awesome. with you. Yeah, that would be. There you go. Maybe you should do that. That's a great idea for <laughs> on someone. On the nose, if someone were like that. Yeah. On the nose, there's. Uh, I do get an orange. Do you citrus? Yeah. Uh, the I was just expecting, like when I was smelling it, I thought, is am I even? Do I have my nose in the glass. The the palate the palate is uh, very malty. In yeah. my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, it has a little bit uh, of raisins. Um, there's a little, a, a very subtle, like secondary smoke flavor to uh-huh. it. Yeah, so I think the flavor kind of changes uh, in an unexpected way on the uh, on the finish. Like it's going in this direction, it kind of like does a barrel roll on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I do really like it. In fact, it, it's a it's much better of a blended scotch than some that I've tried recently. I do think that the the finish it says it's lingering with dark chocolates, uh, mm. caramelized citrus peel, and very light smoke. I get a little bit of that light smoke. I do get a, a little bit of the bitter dark chocolate uh, at the end. Uh huh. But yeah. But that's I, I don't get the citrus at the end. The citrus, like to me, it no, hits get, the palate. I, I don't get citrus at the end at all. The the citrus hits the palate and then it, it vanishes quickly. Mm-hmm. It's a but there is a lot of flavors. You it's know. the guy that comes to the party early and leaves early. Right. That's that's what the citrus is doing. Okay. Just get there, take a picture, so that way everybody knows that you made it, uh-huh. and then and then bail. Right. What do you think? Uh, so would no, you? I, I really like it. You know what? I think this is. Uh, I would be happier paying a hundred dollars for this not 120 but if it was a hundred mm-hmm. be happier paying a hundred dollars for this one than some of the other hundred dollar bottles we've had recently it is i mean well i mean it's 18 you know if, if it you is have an 18, 18 year, years right. so, I mean, it that should makes be a good. big difference should be, it should, you do get uh, okay on the on, on the palette i'm getting a lot more wo- uh, oak as well it's like um at, at the beginning i was not getting as much oak mm-hmm. and that last that last little sip, I did catch a lot more oak on the palate. The citrus followed by the the oakiness. Yeah. What did you think, Jim? You like it? It's yummy. Yummy. Jim's notes are yummy. So Juan. Tough to argue with that. Really. Juan. Muy bueno. Muy bueno is is Juan's notes. Yeah. Which, are you talking about me or the whiskey? No, no whiskey. The whiskey. Oh, the whiskey. He is talking about the whiskey. Okay. We had a pretty good uh, whiskey selection uh, at the camp out this year yeah there's what's really cool is that everybody who's coming to the camp out now the first couple years we we had to supply we supplied all the whiskeys we have to tell the story of jose jose my my man we didn't yeah. tell the story before on the when well, we were we, there yeah we didn't do it while we were with father bachman that'll be on the other side of the break we're about to hit this okay, hit, we have to tell, tell the story him, of, yeah, this jose. is the funniest story yeah um but uh originally when we first did the camp out we brought i don't know Ten, bunch of ten, whiskeys, ten yeah. bottles of whiskey, you know, for everybody to, mm-hmm. to sample. We always do, you know, the, the weekend is only to glorify God, so we're only we're drinking in moderation, of course. We're just right. sampling it. But now, as people are coming, they're bringing like a bottle to share as well. We didn't right. ask them to, yeah. but they're all wanting to bring in their favorite as bring well. Bring their favorite to share with everybody. So we had a, a great lineup of whiskeys uh, at the campout. Totally. I was very impressed. Yeah. Did you get to try try the Lafroig? Yeah. The port, yeah. the port and wine cast. Uh-huh. We have one that we'll do on the show soon. But yeah. you liked it? I didn't try it. Oh, I messed didn't? up okay. and didn't try that, it. That's a big mess up. Yeah. yeah. All right. When we get back, we're going to tell the Jose story. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada, and Jim Spencer guarding the door. Jimmy, bar the door. Dave, you know what we got to do? a song or something? We haven't, we haven't done this yet. What? Welcome our new audience. We have a new oh, audience. Yeah. The Catholic Man Show has been expanded. We are on two new radio stations in Texas in the Wichita Falls market, I believe. Um, and one of them is just a country radio station. We're on country radio. We made it. Us and Garth Brooks. Yo. We're the, we're the, we're, we come from Oklahoma. It's oh, and basically Blake Shelton. We're like the same people, kind yeah, of. basically. Uh, but welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to our show, go to thecatholicmanshow.com and you can find out how we structure our show. Yeah, for those who are new, we do three things on every episode. The first thing we've already done, we've opened, reviewed, and we are still enjoying a manly beverage. The second thing we do is we highlight a man gear of some kind, and then we discuss a topic from a Catholic man's perspective. This week's topic is going to be on Aquinas and his like thoughts on how to have a good marriage. This uh, segment is brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker, catholicwoodworker.com, for all your Catholic woodworking needs. Juan, if you'll go to the BevCam really quick, we'll show them the altar that is uh, that the Catholic Woodworker does. You can go to go there and use TCMS, mm. the Catholic Man Show, and you get 10% off all of your purchases. CatholicWoodworker.com. Our buddy Jonathan, supporter T- of the show. TCMS, that stands for The Catholic, Catholic Man, Man Show. Correct. Just in case you need 10% off. Okay. Remembering it. So, Dave, I'm going to let you tell the story of Jose okay. uh, from the camp out. And we, we, we tell this story only in... We're not making fun of him. No, we tell it because it's, it's hilarious. It's a hilarious story. And he, he was laughing he about it. He also thought it was hilarious. Yeah, he, okay, so go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so there's this man. And I, look, I'm going to tell the, the the way they tell the story is the way I tell it. Okay, if I get some of it wrong, it's just that. I mean, you don't let facts get in the way of a good story. Of a good story. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and bad choices make good stories. That's true. Yeah. The, the, from none, Hill- none of this. None of this was a bad choice. No, no. no that was just another thing about good stories. But H- so he's from the Chicago area. Chicago area. Okay. Yeah. So his wife really encouraged him to come on the camp out. You know, he didn't. He was flying down, coming to the camp out by himself. So, mm-hmm. oh, he drove. That's yeah, right. he drove because he, he was drove. going on down to Austin, I believe, afterwards. Yeah, so you know, yeah. he made it was a long trip. So he was kind of getting in late on Friday, right? Or on Friday, anyway. No. Yeah, that's good enough. One, the on way I, I said, the way I tell the story is the way it's going to get told. This is why I said that because I knew there was going to be some people in the room who would try to correct me, but it's it's fine. It's fine. He gets here, okay, right. and he knows he's looking for a group of catholic men right mm-hmm. well at clear creek there there was another group of catholic men <laughs> also at clear creek this particular weekend they're called the crosswalk group okay <laughs> and every year they carry a cross from muskogee to tahlequah i think actually okay tahlequah yeah anyway from a nearby town then they carry the cross to the monastery so it's about 22 miles mm-hmm. okay and there's 10 or so of them. They each take a turn doing two mile. Carrying this four by four uh, cross. Right. It, Wood beam cross. I mean, not, it, it's heavy. It's heavy. Okay. And so they'll, they'll carry it for two miles and then rotate. Well, he gets to the monastery and he's looking for Catholic men. And this other group gets pointed out to him. And so he kind of goes over to him and says, hey, I'm here. And they're like, great, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so I don't know if they like were leaving their cars at the monastery and right. then driving, you know, back to town and then going to walk back to where their cars were. I suspect that was what they were doing. So he just, you know, tags along with them and they're walking and they're about halfway through this 22 mile trek when Jose looks at him it's like, man, I'm really looking forward to that whiskey tasting. <laughs> and they all kind of give him a funny look and like, what whiskey what? tasting? <laughs> and so he realizes, wait. Is this the Catholic Man Show group? Or like, no, were they? No, that's not a, no, not at all. But they already were like, hey, you're doing this with us. You got to do your own. You got to do your two miles just like the rest of us. <laughs> so he did. Yeah, he did. He he shows up. He shows up and he's like, hey, I just got done carrying a cross for two miles. I'm, here. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and so when he came, he like came to tell us he went to go back to go get his car. As he went back to get his car. Everybody else was like, okay, when he gets here, we're all going to stand up and say, we're going to go on our 50-mile trek now. Right. So, anyway, I felt so bad for him, but he he, he was... He, I had a great, great humor about it all. The, yeah. The whole he's a great guy. was he's super a great dude. funny. Yeah. He's a great dude. It's like, what an adventure. Last, <laughs> last, time, <laughs> last time I went to Tulsa, I accidentally carried a cross for two miles. Yeah. But walked a total of like 22 yeah. miles. And then another 20 just following the, the, yeah. the cross. It's epic. It was kind of weird. Yeah. It was a weird weekend. Uh, and then I followed <laughs> it up with a whiskey tasting. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, Jose, if you're out there and you're listening, we love you, man. It was great to meet you. I'm so glad you came. Hopefully next year you come as well. You know what to expect, yeah. and we're not going to carry a cross. Although that that could be pr- fun. Maybe we could build him one. Yeah. That would, he carried one for sure. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, do, do we have a man gear today? So here's what we're going to do for the man. So we're talking about you know ways to... Uh, make your marriage better. Okay. According according to Aquinas, like some of the thoughts that he had on how to make your marriage better and how okay. how uh, love the causes of love and how that uh, the how that applies to marriage life. And it hit me as I was actually this weekend I was talking to some friends uh, over at the campfire. It was, it was kind of it was fun and we were talking about marriage and some of them are agnostic i would say um okay. i don't think atheist but at least agnostic sure and one of the things they they told me uh was well i know that you think marriage is a good thing for religious purposes but i'm not really religious and so i don't know why marriage is a good thing and i said well why do you not think marriage is a good thing and you know what the, the the only thing that they could really come up with hmm. is because they didn't have a good example of marriage in their life their parents did not set a good example of marriage. Mm-hmm. And so they thought, well, well, why is marriage a good thing? Right. Which, you know, I I can sympathize with that. If you don't have a, a good um, example, like, why would you want it? Right. Uh, so, but, but it made me think about... I mean, of course, it, the marriage is a sacred institution, but it's also a natural institution. Right, yeah. yeah there, are, there are plenty of reasons, right. just naturally speaking, why marriage is... is Beautiful, good, necessary. Thomas actually, I think Aquinas breaks it down into three uh, main goods, which are uh, rear, the, the rearing of children, yeah. having children, mm-hmm. uh, being husband and wife, giving yourself to the to the other, where it's a monogamous relationship, right? And then uh, the last one is th- just sacramentally. Even I mean, even if you ignore the monogamy, and you like, let's just say you have. It's you a self, self-sacrifice of themselves. So anyway, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, you Go could, ahead. I mean, in the Old Testament, there was not monogamy. 
for, for mm-hmm. much of it. But it still was that same. It was still a natural institution that bound the parents of children to their offspring. Right. You know, which is what you need for the cultivating of a, of a culture, of a society. Right. right. So something that we that Haley and I did a while back ago that I thought was really good. Uh, that so it's not necessarily a gear necessarily, but it's something that you can do with your wife. And I, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are. So I was reading this. Is this book. appropriate for country radio? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I read this book. It was uh, on the concept of fire, which is uh, financial independence, retirement early, and I really liked an aspect of it because it was always the, like gearing towards what is the end, like. Think about what you're doing, and is it what you're striving to end? Like, what is your end goal, and yeah. is what you're doing achieving that end goal? Right. And so, if you're trying to be financially independent, you know, like, what are you spending your money on? Is this thing going to make you happy or not happy? And so, one of the exercises they, they told you to do was sit down with your wife, and you each have your own sheet of paper, and write down the top 10 things that make you happy. Okay. And so, you write down... and, and they don't all have to be like they made it sure to say like on a natural level and a supernatural level so like don't just everything is just supernatural supernatural although that would be the highest form of the good but uh you know something that is carnal pleasures you know everything else is is good as well so right it might be helpful to say aside from jesus right and so what you do is you, you write down your top 10 and then she writes on her top ten, and then you exchange the the top tens to see like what are what are the things that bring you the most joy in your life, mm-hmm. and so what you get a good a picture of like well if you know spending time with my wife, spending time with my kids, getting them to to heaven, you know living a sacramental life, uh, you know I enjoy a nice scotch, a nice bird, you know a nice cigar. I enjoy making sure to have uh, good friends for my children. Uh, you know it's important for me to be around other good Catholic men. You know, when you start going down these lists of like, what is your top 10? Chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip be cookies. There, yeah. yeah. Then you got to focus like, well, okay, well, am I using my, the bandwidth that I have to achieve these ends? Or right. am I being sidetracked and being uh, less focused on like what I'm supposed to be doing? Anyway, it, it really, it cultivates a good, it gives it a good opportunity to have meaningful conversation with your wife sure and you have an opportunity to understand like well what what is making you happy like you know oh flowers make you happy like that puts you in a good mood good i will start bringing you flowers right. home like i did not realize that was top ten, 10 for you you know it's like it's a 10 15 dollars you know fine I'll, I'll go buy flowers every week and right. and if that's what makes you happy you know so anyway it just is good that is I, good information to know. Cause to like to there's, know. There's probably a lot of people out there in marriages where if you did that with your wife, she would say, you know, like that one time when you when you vacuumed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? All I have to do is vacuum and you'll just be ecstatic? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll vacuum once a week. That's no big... What right. does it take, like 15 minutes? Right. You know, like if that's... All I got to do is for 15 minutes and I have a happy wife? Well, and you learn their love languages. Right. You know, you love... Yeah. You learn... What what they want you to do to you know feel appreciated, to feel yeah. loved, to feel um, you know, service to you as well. So yeah. I think it's very important to, to figure out ways that aren't weird uh, to have these these conversations. Yeah, and that was one that was helpful for us. So nice. I think it'll okay. it'll piggyback into our topic this afternoon this evening as well. Right on. On the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Thank you.
Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Sipping on a little bit of Johnny Walker 18 year. A very nice blended scotch. We talked about on the last uh, segment writing down 10 things that make you the most happy. Have your wife do the same thing and then read each other's list and see how many of those connect. See how many of those are the same, what is different. Learn a little bit more about your wife because. The, ep- the the topic this afternoon this evening I keep wanting to say the afternoon like we're in the afternoon which we are we hardly ever record in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, it, it is technically afternoon. Yeah. Um, it's going to be we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about love. I think obviously we know that love is mi- very misconstrued. We all know the the definition totally. of what you know Aristotle and Aquinas call love, which is. To will the good of the other. Will the good of the other. Yes, and I think that's yeah, that's Aquinas's definition. I don't know what Aristotle's definition. I think he, is. I think he pulled it from. Well, he They're probably very. Aristotle similar. says to love is to wish good to someone. Okay, so very similar. Very similar. Uh, Aquinas also talks about how it, love involves willing uh, outside of willing the good for another. It is essentially an act of the will. So Aquinas is talking about how like you have to you have to will. To love them, and that's right. why, that's why a lot of times, it's like the intent behind it, not the action itself. Right. Yes, it, because that's why Christ said, you know, to love your enemies. Because you know, obviously, you're not gonna have the feelings mm-hmm. of like love, because you know, feelings, emotions that are that's good. It's a good. I mean, Christ, uh, our Creator, gave us feelings right. for a reason. That's why taxes aren't charitable, because you're being forced to do it. You know, the, you you could say like, oh, well, I'm giving money to the poor via social programs, but it's not loving because it's not you're not doing it out of your own will. You're essentially doing it at the point of a gun, right? Um, but so so, I think in marriage, I think we all know like you know when when you're courting a, a, a lady, you know, you have all these feelings, you're you're excited, like there's. The feeling of love is very, very strong. Right. And as we all, you know, as most of us know, as you continue in marriage, you know, these feelings come and go. Um, they never completely go away, but uh, they come and go. In fact, Phaser talks about, Ed, Ed Phaser talks about one of his articles. Uh, he says, nature puts the feeling uh, feelings in us as an aid to the will of willing the act of love. Okay. Uh, and puts, and uh, while they are bound to fade to a significant extent, when they have entirely disappeared or even turned negative, something is wrong. So mm, he says, like, right. obviously they're going to de- they're going to diminish at some point, but right. but any time that they completely disappear or even turn in a negative way, mm-hmm. that's no longer uh, you're feeling it, like that's a, that's a vice now that's almost within you. Yeah, because those feelings always always fade, you know, right. w- with time, not permanently. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, every, you, there is a season, well, that's there's why a cycle, a right. cycle to love, sure. you know, romant, romantic love, you know, when you're engaged. I remember being, in fact, I was just talking to Lady Pamela about this the other day, about being engaged and how, like, the, the, the ridiculous things we used to do, like, stay up till three in the morning. Just to talk. Like, talking. Right. Uh, it's just like... You know, the thought of doing, hey, babe, you want to just stay up tonight till like three o'clock and just talk and just talk because we just just can't go to bed, you know, and it's like, 
no, I don't want to do that at exhausted. all. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. Right. But, uh, yeah, but having negative feelings is completely different. You know, it's right. not like those feelings will naturally fade into uh, disgruntled feelings or, 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 yeah, uh, or resentment. Yeah, you know? resentment, yeah. So, yeah, that's or despise, it's an important it's distinction, right? Sure. But they do come and go, uh, and... So that's why you have to train your will. It's like that's why, as men, you know, you, you wake up in the morning and you, you make a choice. I will. I'm going to love my wife today. Right. You know that way you start your day off with this is the decision that I'm making. Right. Yeah. You've there talked is a about beauty this before. That. Like you know, if you get put in a situation and you haven't thought about it, you mm-hmm. kind of panic. Right. But if you've thought about it in your head, at, uh, you know, and thought, okay, if the, if I get put in this situation, I already know how I'm going to react. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have to worry about it. I've already it. decided. I've already decided yeah. this, and that's kind of the same mentality of like sure. you wake up and you say, "I I will love my wife today." Now, however that manifests, um, is on you. But right, because uh, it is hard. Sometimes those moments are hard, and it will be harder than you th- like maybe than you think. Sure. Oh in yeah. The moment. Yeah, and so that actually uh, leads right into like what Aquinas says, uh, like the causes of love. Mm-hmm. You know what causes you to love, um, and w- the first thing he says is 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 the good. Which makes sense, right? Because, the, like, the transcendentals, like, that's what God is, you know, God, if God is the ultimate good, uh, you're going to love the ultimate good, mm-hmm. like, by nature, I mean, just naturally, you you, un- you understand, like, you have a creator, and you're going to love that creator. Right, and love is good. And love is good. And so you pursue it. Right, and so he says, now the proper object of love is the good, mm-hmm. which is what, this is, that's what you just said, and and that good is the proper cause of love. Right? Right. And so the more that you understand, the more that you understand, like, okay, if that is the good, that I'm, you know, we, we talk about even the good, like living the good life. What does the good life mean? Yeah. You know, it, why are you uh, striving for the good? Mm-hmm. And it's because that's what, all, like, that's what this life is about to get you to the next life. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so, so Aquinas actually says, like, you know, it talks about how the more virtuous you are, the more lovable you become. So that's why yeah. it's so important as men in, in marriage, the more for us to be striving for the virtuous life, because the more virtue that you have, the more virtuous life that you have, the more lovable you become, because ultimately that is attractive. Yeah. So I think there's a supernatural element at play here on a natural level, so somewhat. Well, they're, uh, yeah, they're both, actually. Well, because... You know, you think about all right. We God loves us, and and we love other people. Is it more important to be loved, or is it more important to love? And I think kind of the like your initial the thing you want to say is well, it's more important to love. It's right. more important it's to not. love it, but it's actually more important to be loved. loved. And so recognize that you are loved uh, because you know you cannot give what you do not have. So if you don't have, if you if, if you're not being loved then you're not going to be even capable of going out and loving others. So right. you have to first recognize that God loves me right? and that I am lovable, okay? And so on a natural level, it's kind of the same thing that, you know, as you grow in virtue, now you're being, it, it's just, you're, it's possible to be loved more because you're being more lovable, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of aligning yourself with that, that concept of recognizing that. Mm-hmm. and pursuing it to a higher degree. Right. And that's why it's so important to foster these virtues in your household. You know, making... We've talked about this on other episodes. You can uh, go back and just, like, uh, search on our website, The Catholic Mantra, just type in virtue, and there's tons of things that pop up. But to foster these, even the natural virtues of 
you know, the cardinal, uh, the cardinal virtues, you know, prudence, justice, fortitude, temperance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you also foster the, the supernatural virtues, faith, hope, and love. You know, so, uh, it's important to to strive to 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 build up a household, a domestic church that surround that builds up virtue. Because the more virtuous you become, the more lovable you become, and thus, like everybody loves everybody even more. Yeah, in within your home. Because it's a circle. Because it's a circle. <laughs> uh, so the next one, the next one he talks about is beauty. He says beauty is a cause of love. Yeah, that's definitely a cause of love. I think every every man gets that at least. Mm-hmm. He says so. For since good is what all seek, the notion of good is that which calms the desire. While the notion of beautiful is what calms the desire by being seen or known. So obviously, yeah. So like that's what like you know. Th- there's this restlessness in you, and like there's finally you see something, and you're like yes. This satisfies what I'm like desiring. Like yeah. I like this. That's why, like, a lot of times, you know, the first uh, your first impression is the most important. You mm-hmm. know, the idea of like uh, that is what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, even uh, Matt Fratt has talked about before whenever he was going, he was like uh, discerning the Franciscan friars, friars of Renewal, I believe is what it is. Like he first des- like thought about going there because he loved how they all wore uh, these. Uh, their attire the the gray yeah whatever they are mm-hmm. with big beards he was like right. i like that that is something that is attractive to me and oh. so he like that's even though that's kind of a superficial not a superficial but it's a very it's, it uh, is superficial yeah i mean it's on, it's the, just outside. on the outside it's literally yeah. superficial yeah so, so but, one time i was at an airport i was flying back to tulsa and i noticed that there are these three cfr brothers in the like oh i think they might be on my plane and so I like I was reading uh, like maybe Jesus, Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Eucharist at the time or something, and so I pulled it out of my backpack and pretended to read it in such a way that they would see me reading it, <laughs> and it totally worked. And then one of them came over and started talking to me, and um, then it just so happened I was right in the middle of like it was assigned seating, and I had, one of them. I was right in the middle of them. It was like one on my left and two on my right. The whole flight. Nice. It was just awesome. And so I asked them, I said, when one is discerning a call to, you know, to your order, does one simultaneously need to discern the beard? And he kind of laughed and said, like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't have a good beard, that's... It doesn't mean that you're, you can't be a, a brother, but it might be. Right. A reason that you're not called to our order. <laughs> it was just so I, w- funny. I would never be able to. It was just so funny be a part that, of it. Like, but that's why that's why the uh, the virtue of decorum plays such a big role, mm, especially yeah. in uh, cultivating uh, the desire for love. Because you know, it, uh, if you're going to a nice fancy party dinner party, you dress for the occasion. Nice and fancy, right? And if you're going to the feast of the lamb, you dress for the occasion. Yeah, and because. Uh, the virtue of decorum says dictates that your out, outward appearance uh, justifies what your inward disposition is. Right. Yep. And so, anyway, it's so important. Like, if beauty is a cause of love, you have to think about well, not in vain glory. Like, why am I doing this? But I'm doing it for the other. Sure. That's what the whole purpose of like wearing a, a, a suit to mass is. It's not for yourself. No. It's not for your... You're not doing you it for yourself. You might do it for that reason, but that's a, a sinful reason to do it. Right. The same way with, like, marriage. Like, when you don't wear your tux for yourself. Right. So, anyway, when we get back, we'll, we'll jump into the last two. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Jim Spencer, Juan Posada on the buttons. We're talking about talking about love and its causes. We just finished talking about beauty. So, uh, her ladyship and I, we do a uh, uh, Catholic engaged encounter retreats here. And one of the things at the beginning is like an icebreaker, like tell everybody where you're getting married. What was the first thing that you noticed about your about your uh, future spouse? Nobody ever says, I thought she was gorgeous. Nobody, the, everyone is always afraid to say her looks were the first thing I noticed mm-hmm. about her. And it's like, her come beauty. on guys, obviously, like, that's what it is for all of you. Right. Uh, I mean, it's like, it, at least all the men. I right. mean, like, the women, it probably was like, oh, his smile or his sense of humor. It's like, because like, yeah, that dude's not, he's not beautiful. I mean, none of them are. Not like, right. not like the women are, you know? So it's just funny. I've always thought that was funny that people are afraid to say, well, the first thing I noticed about her is just how beautiful how she gorgeous is. gorgeous she is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just always thought that's funny. Because they're afraid because of it's, being... it's surely universally true. You know, you saw her. What made you go find out more? Because you thought she was good looking. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but because of that, Aquinas leads into the next thing, which is uh, the cause of knowledge. Uh, and right here, he, he quotes, what kind of knowledge? So he quotes the philosopher here. Read that right there. And uh, he says that bodily sight is the beginning of sensitive love, and in like manner, the contemplation of spiritual beauty or goodness is the beginning of spiritual love. Yeah. So it's more about like knowing like who the person is inside, knowing that she is a daughter of God. Right. Knowing like contemplating the good. So one of the questions that that uh, when we were around the campfire. The other, uh, the other night, they were asking me, like, well, you know, why... They asked me, well, why did you marry Haley? And I did say, well, first of all, her red, beautiful red hair. Mm-hmm. And she's sh- shockingly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also said, you know, sh- some of the characteristics that she has, uh, the virtues that she has, uh, points me towards, like, makes me holier and points me towards... Uh, towards God even more. Like, it makes me realize an aspect of God that I wouldn't have been able to realize without her. Mm-hmm. And uh, no She's a good woman. I am good man. We together. You are a good man. She's a good woman. Right. What? <laughs> even in the Italian accent. A kind of Italian accent. I don't know. Was that supposed to be an Italian accent? I don't know. It's just kind of like a... That guy, sure. you like you know whoever that guy is who would say something like that. But that's but that goes into you know so obviously the the our beauty draws you in, but then you you can you you've had that experience before where somebody sure. attracts you and then you get to know them and you're like oh well you're not the person I thought you were going to be right or certainly like looking back on it, it's like wow I am really glad that's that that it didn't work out between us because it turns out you're a little bit crazy right and so that's why it's so important to know more like. The more you know about your your spouse, the more you can love about your spouse, which yeah. is why it's so important to have these meaningful conversations. Yeah, right. It's that's why it's so important to have these. Like, you write down the ten things that make you the happiest. I'll write down mine, and then let's talk about them. A kind of thing because it gives you the opportunity to have real meaningful conversations to where you you realize you have a you find out a little, little bit more about your wife, and that way you can love her more. Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, and it's. It's good to do that kind of uh, like on purpose because otherwise it just has a tendency not to happen. You know, you, know, you, you get, have to be you get caught up about it. You get caught up in the day to day and like, with, with, especially with once tr- you have kids. When you have your children, 
because your like, job is going you know crazy and you're having to yeah and you get to a point where it's like every conversation you have is about the children right and that's that's great i mean you love because you both love the children right i mean the next one you're going to talk about is like things in common or something mm-hmm. right. yeah likeness and what what greater more beautiful thing will you ever have in common than your children mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like those are good conversations but you the your children, vocation your children are not the vocation, right? right? They're the fruit of the vocation. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you're watering the roots. Right. Ooh, good one. I like that. Thank you. Right? I like that. just that. came to me so that, yeah. the, you know, the fruit can continue, continue to be good. Grow. Right. Yeah, that was good. High five. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the Catholic Man Show. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap <laughs> that into, up. Going into rally cap mode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, so that, that is why it is important to to have, like, when's the last time that you had real meaningful conversation with your wife? You need to ask yourself that. like, right. Because if you don't, you'll realize, well, it's been, I don't know, uh, eight months ago, nine months ago, a year ago, ten years ago. You know, we're, you get sucked into the day-to-day life yeah. it's like i have to talk to you about the kids to try to get scheduled to try to you know everything is systematic to try to keep our lives going and mm-hmm. you don't ever have to stop and be able to have a, a real conversation with your sure. wife sure and you know as you as you get older everybody changes and so if you don't keep having those conversations right you, you it's harder to grow change together you end up Se- going, going in separate ways yeah. right yeah and, and like you know you wake up you know 30, 40 years after you get married and realize, I don't even know this person that I'm, you know, the kids are now gone. I don't even know who, who this person is anymore. Right. Which is not the place you want to be. No. If you are in, in that place, then you go back to what, this goes into the next one actually really well. It goes into it like, okay, you start dating your wife again. Mm-hmm. What what brought you guys together? Because, and that's what Aquinas talks about. He talks about the likeness is, the, is a cause of love. And here's something that I want to talk to you, I want to get your opinion on. Tell because, me. It's, it's very important to have the same foundations, principles with your wife, you know, like to be on the same ground. Because if you're not, have, like not having the same ideas, the same lifestyle, the same concepts of like what life should be like uh-huh. will cause for turmoil, right? Sure. Um, it's very hard for a Catholic to marry a non-Catholic. Right. Because if... If Catholicism, you know, if religion is very, very important to you, and you guys aren't on the same wavelength, that's very tough to do, right? right? There, it's one thing to have to be like, oh, we both like hamburgers and milkshakes. You know, right. there's things that you like, but there's foundations, principles that are should be like almost non-negotiables. Yeah. Uh, to be able to build your foundation, to build your domestic church on, like, do you agree? Do you think that's I accurate? Do. I do agree. I'm not sure exactly what your question is, but I agree with what you're saying. Well, my my, my question is is like. How important is those foundation principles to build a domestic church? And like, can you, for instance, you know, mar- you know, what are your thoughts on people marrying other people outside of the denominations? Or like, what yeah, are your so thoughts I mean, on? Well, uh, so Catholics marrying non-Catholics. Like, obviously, obviously, it can work. I mean, it, it can, right. uh, but you're you're definitely, it's definitely going to be much, much, much harder. And a lot of times, it works really, fi- really just fine in a relationship until kids come along and then all of a sudden it's like oh well are we going to baptize the kids and one of them's like well, i don't believe in infant baptism and that's never been an issue until you both have your own infants together you know um and then it's like well now which church are the kids going to be raised in you know so like a lot of times you might date and get a lot like really the relationship works fine just the two of you but mm-hmm. when the third person comes along all of a sudden these problems that you never had to confront. Now you have to work together, and this is where the division, this is the source, this is w- the area where, where you're divided, and so it just is so much, much harder. 
Also, like, if you... It tends to happen... Like, I, I'm now a... You know, I'm a professional businessman. I'm starting a new business. And you guys are both on the same page. Well, now all of a sudden, the business is start, starting to take off. And I have to put more time and effort into this business. And if you kind of put so much focus into the business and you you kind of leave your wife with the kids and it's a secondary you know cause almost with your, your wife and kids mm-hmm. uh there's maybe some resentment not only for like you not being here but also like well i really don't want you to be successful anymore if this is what it means sure uh, so it's so if again dave you talked about this before and what's it's, it's stuck with me many times you've said like i just want people to like stop think about what you're doing what is the end goal? Right. You know, because I'm, I'm working as, you know, I'm building a business up to support my family. Mm-hmm. Not to be successful in and of itself. Like, not to, sure. to make a bunch of money for myself. Right. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do it to support my family. Mm-hmm. To make a living for my family. Yeah, money is not the end. Right. Um, and this goes... It's uh, always the means. Or it should be the means. We, yeah. should, uh, we should... We could even, like, link that back into even... Uh, but I do get frustrated with people who are just like going else. mindlessly through their life. Like, have you even thought about what you're doing? Right. You've been doing this and you do it every day. Have you even, have, what, just stop what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Right. Just, will you engage your brain, please, before you keep going? But that's easy to do, right? It's easy to get into the systematic, uh, every single day I get up this yeah. time and I get, sure. it, the routine makes it hard to sometimes stop and think. It's yeah. the same with no, the and prayer I, life. I'm the same way. I use routines actually to guard the good decisions, hopefully, that I've made. But, right. uh, you know, hopefully you, you have made well, well-informed well decisions. And then, like, going to the gym. Yeah, if I had to, like, think about it every day, yeah. there would be plenty of days where I, I would, decide, yeah, you know what, after weighing the, the issue here, I choose not to go today. I choose sleep. Right, because I came up with a lot of really good reasons why I need to sleep in. Right. You know? But it's like, I don't do that. On, I intentionally don't do that. It's a habit. Right. And I just do it. Which is why it's so important to ha- develop these habits even with your wife that these common uh, the common ground that you have with her the things that you guys both enjoy doing together yeah. you, you don't stop dating your wife once you get married so but he's saying that likeness or things in common is the source of of, of the of cause love. of love and i mean that's that's true not even in marriage but even just in in friendship uh, i mean that's Absolutely. that's what aristotle says in the nicomachean Nicomachean, however you say it, in the ethic right. that if there's no common ground, then there's no basis for friendship. So you have to have um, a shared life, a life in common, mm-hmm. and and those that comes down to things in common. You have to have interest, shared interests, or passions, or hobbies. You know, like if there's if you have nothing in common with someone, you're just not going to be friends. Why would you? Right. It would be weird. What are you going to talk about? And I struggle with that to reconcile like how other people back in the day used to have completely different either religious views, political views, or whatever, and still remained really, really good friends. Like G.K. Chesterton, uh, he was like one way on the political scale and religious scale, and one of his best friends was on the complete opposite side. It's like yeah, but that man. wasn't that wasn't the basis of their friendship. That's the thing. They they had other things in common that was the basis of their friendship. Okay. Yeah, I would still push back a little bit on that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so it's the cause of love, the cause of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the good, the beauty, the knowledge, and the likeness is what Aquinas says is the causes of love. love. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.